This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. What's happening with rural America? Populations are shrinking as rural counties wrestle with long-term declines and job losses. Whether it's in manufacturing, whether it's in agriculture, whether it's in forestry, the rural economy has become so much more efficient it needs way fewer people to produce more and more output. Then, does power encourage a culture of bullying and harassment in the workplace? And what's the best way to address those problems without fear of retribution? It is absolutely endemic in the workplace, and nobody is really safe from harassment or bullying or jokes that are painful or hurtful. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's show. Don't go away. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Our next guest says rural America is facing some tough economic challenges. He's David Swenson, associate scientist in the Department of Economics, Iowa State University. David, you've studied the data, and it appears clear that rural America is losing in several important areas. You say that dwindling population and disappearing jobs, those are the fates that await much of rural America. Not a very optimistic view. Well, it's not something we didn't know. I've been doing this for 35 years, and I've been talking to people about the different dynamics of decline that have gone on over that time period. In our case, we go back, of course, to the great farm crisis of the mid-1980s when we had nothing short of a diaspora out of Iowa, the population contracted by 4.3%. We had a minor recovery in the next decade, but then we started to decline again. So I've been talking about this with my colleagues and with the people that I work with out in communities. I'm a regional economist trying to help them understand both what's happening and what are some of the consequences. So the short answer is we've known that this has been going on. What I did in this little essay was to describe just how broadly spread this decline is in the United States and where it's affecting regions more so than less so and which kinds of counties or which kinds or levels of urbanization are being affected. Well, obviously, these people didn't disappear completely. They went to the cities, I guess, is what you're saying, right? The more metropolitan areas? That's exactly right. If we just take those two time periods, 2008 to 2017, almost 99% of the job growth that occurred in the United States occurred in the metropolitan counties. The remaining 1%, just a little bit more than 1%, was split between 62% of all of the other non-metropolitan counties. Some of them are mid-sized city counties. They've got a city from 10,000 up to about 50,000. And the remainder don't have a city of 10,000 or more. They're much smaller places. They only got net a little over 1% of the growth, both of job gains and of population gains. So the difference between who's gaining and who's losing is stark. We're talking with David Swenson, associate scientist in the Department of Economics at Iowa State University, talking about his research that shows rural America is facing some very difficult economic challenges. David, what happens to all that land and all of those houses and so on in rural areas? Are they just abandoned? 
Well, we have twin things going on. First of all, the productive land is being used, whether it's for forestry purposes or for agricultural purposes. The land is in production. It's being farmed. It's being grazed. Animals are being raised. That kind of productivity, that still exists out on, on this land. But you are right. These small and medium-sized towns were created with a footprint that assumed more households, more economic activity. And as people migrate out because the rural economies have become more efficient, whether it's in manufacturing, whether it's in agriculture, whether it's in forestry, the rural economy has become so much more efficient, it needs way fewer people to produce more and more output. So that surplus labor has to leave. Those communities can't support the households that they used to. There is widespread disinvestment among many of them, not all of them. And you end up with blight. You also end up with communities that have a footprint that's bigger than the local tax base can take care of. And so they end up with fiscal stress as well as social and economic stress. Is there a chance that as baby boomers retire in huge numbers that some of them will decide to move to these rural areas? Yeah, that's one of the dreams that many people have, and that's some of the assumptions that many people have. There are places in the United States where retirees like to move, places in Minnesota and Wisconsin and the Ozarks of Missouri and places out in rural South Carolina and North Carolina. But for the most part, that's not going to happen. You'll get some movement back into the communities, but you're not going to get much movement back into the communities. These rural places, especially those in the most rural parts of New England and in the Midwest, most of them are going to continue to decline. There's not going to be some sort of resurgence of people moving back in. They're basically in a pattern of adjusting to decline. Now, we tell people you can do this you know, a couple of ways. You can struggle and flail and try to chase smokestacks and try to grow. You can ignore it, and it's going to happen no matter what. Or we have a thing here at Iowa State where we try to advise these communities to shrink smart, to think in terms of not whether you're growing or not, but whether you're providing the right kinds of public goods and services. And have you taken an inventory of what the needs are of your community beyond just jobs? And are you doing those things as a community to sustain and maintain what we would call your bundle of social capitals, the things that are important that make a place a good place to live besides just money. So there's lots of different approaches to how we cope with this, but the long run, there isn't anything out there that tells me that this isn't going to continue to happen, except for those places that are near metropolitan areas or growth centers. Those places will have greater opportunities to grow, but a large fraction of the space in the Dakotas, in Nebraska, and Kansas, in Iowa, a large fraction of that space is going to continue to depopulate. David, demographically, are there primarily the people still remaining in rural America tend to be older, or are there any age patterns there? Yes, people in rural America tend to be older. The out-migration, the gap, they call it the hollowing out, but the gap in their population pyramid or their population composition is for young adults, comparatively young adults, from ages 25 to 54. Those are the prime working ages. People who are in those age groups who have acquired skills over time, whether they acquire them locally or they acquire them by going to college, 
they find that their labor is worth much, much more in urban areas. Their opportunities for lifetime advancement are higher. The range of amenities that you and I enjoy are also greater in urban areas, as well as opportunities for families and for children. Those are all of the reasons that people move to rural areas. They leave rural areas in search of basically a higher quality of life. And that's what happens. And so you end up with a smaller labor pool in those prime working ages. And that labor pool is tailored to what remains at those regional economies. It's tailored to the dominant industries, whether it's manufacturing or forestry or mining or agriculture. It's the kind of labor that those dominant industries need plus the industries that support and supply those industries. So that's what ends up getting left out in our rural areas. Will these declines eventually settle down and perhaps stop? Or is this just sort of going on into infinity, so to speak? The declines are not inexorable in terms of going ultimately down to zero. Land is always going to be farmed. Mines are going to be mined. Timber is going to be cut. All of those types of things are going to occur in the United States. And there are going to be innovations and changes in economic activity that create new opportunities. During the last decade, for example, here in Iowa, we had an ethanol boom and we added another something like 25 ethanol plants that reintroduced manufacturing into parts of the state that didn't have that kind of manufacturing. We'll get those kinds of changes over time. But in general, most of these places are going to continue to decline. As their core industries become more efficient, as they, again, adopt new technologies, new methods of production, new definitions of the scale required to be profitable, all of those activities shed labor. And that shed labor goes someplace else. And in our country, that excess labor finds its way to urban markets. David Swenson, Associate Scientist in the Department of Economics at Iowa State University. David, thank you so much for talking with us today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Next, what to do about workplace bullying and harassment. That story, straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.